We thank you for your grace and we thank you for your mercy. Lord, we thank you for our brothers and sisters leading us as we sing praise to your name. You have granted us access through the blood of Jesus so that we might have fellowship with you and we thank you for that today. So Heavenly Father, we thank you for this midweek time that we have together at this place. We, Many of us have done this for many years together and we have those who join us online who can't be here with us and we pray for them. We pray for all that goes on on this uh, campus tonight and all the the activities and ministry going on. May what we do please you. We thank you, Lord, for your grace and mercy to us, the fullness of grace and mercy in the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. What would we be, Lord, what would we be without your mercy? Where would we be without your mercy? So tonight we thank you for the opportunity to study your word again tonight as we've looked at the book of Lamentations together. The things we have learned, we pray that you might help us to remember them in the days ahead and apply them to our life. May what we've heard not just be ideas and thoughts we store away, but may, they, may these truths make a difference in our life. So Lord, bless my friends who are here tonight. We thank you for the opportunity to gather in fellowship around your word tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, again, good to see all of you. Welcome. We're glad you're here. And if you don't have a copy of the outline, let me encourage you to find it. They're scattered around here at the front and at the back, and you can uh, pick up one and hope you'll do that. Lamentations chapter number five. Lamentations chapter number five. So I'm truly with you in weakness tonight. I'll confess, you know, men don't ever like to confess their weakness, but, you know, just so I don't fall over, here's a chair. So I've got it right here. I'm having some sinus things, so you know, I'm trying to uh, uh, be medicated enough so I don't clear my throat every five minutes so you all don't have to clear your throats with me, all right? So please be patient with me, and I apologize for my frailty. What can I say? Lamentations chapter number five. We've, you know, when you go through, when you, when you walk alongside someone in their suffering and you, and you listen to them when they're in their suffering, when you do it the right way, when you do it the right way, you leave that relationship with them in a special way. Uh, you leave with your relationship with them being different than it used to be. And that's the way I feel about Lamentations. Every time I read it, we have a different relationship with Jeremiah. <clears throat> this man of God uh, who is greatly overlooked in uh, most Christians don't give much thought to Jeremiah. I remind you the great new covenant, I'll mention it tonight, is promised in Jeremiah. Jeremiah the weeping prophet. Miserable sinners need a merciful God. And it reminds me tonight that myself, as a miserable sinner, I've needed the mercy of God. And I would say to all of you here tonight, I'm certainly not trying to offend you, but every person in this room and everyone who hears my voice, we all need the mercy of God. Grace and mercy, grace and mercy. 
What a way to end the book of Lamentations. A prayer for mercy. A prayer for mercy. Exodus 34, 6, The Lord passed by and proclaimed, Yahweh, Yahweh Elohim, compassionate, gracious or merciful, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness and truth. As Jesus passed by, He cried, Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me. All that we know about, all that we know from the, from the earliest of the Old Testament, when God spoke of Himself in such a glorious way as being a God full of mercy, now we know that the Lord Jesus is full of grace and full of truth. And so tonight, I tell you this, if you're in misery tonight, the mercy of God is for you. The mercy of God is for you. And I want to call all of my brothers and sisters in here tonight, and I know most of you very well. Just go back in your mind and think about the times when you cried out in your most desperate moment, God have mercy on me. You remember where it was? And He did. And He will again. The God of all mercy and grace to us in the Lord Jesus Christ. So we began Lamentations reading these sad words, How lonely sits the city that was full of people. She has become like a widow who was once great among the nations. She was a prince, a princess among the provinces and has become a forced laborer. See, O Lord, my affliction, for the enemy has magnified himself. See, O Lord, and look, for I am despised. Lamentations 1.12 Is it nothing to all of you who pass this way? Look and see if there is any pain like my pain, which was severely dealt out to me, which the Lord inflicted on the day of his fierce anger. See, O Lord, Lamentations 1.20 See, O Lord, for I am in distress, my spirit is greatly troubled, my heart is overturned within me, for I have been very rebellious. We read it chapter after chapter. Lamentations 3, verse number 17. My soul has been re rejected from peace. I have forgotten happiness. So I say, my strength has perished, and so has my hope from the Lord. And then, Lamentations 3, 24, the, the, Lord, the loving, 22, verse 22, 3, 22, the, loving, the Lord's loving kindness indeed never cease. His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I have hope in Him. We've listened to our, we've listened to our holy man, the prophet Jeremiah, cry out. Cry out on behalf of the sinfulness of a people who would not confess and witness the utter destruction of Jerusalem and the, captive, and, and the captivity of Babylon. And now we see him, we saw last week, the distress 
describing all of the city one more time, the pain of distress, and yet he comes to the end and he says now, Lamentations 5.1, Remember, O Lord, what has befallen us. Look and see our reproach. Our inheritance has been turned over to strangers, our houses to aliens. We have become orphans without a father. Our mothers are like widows. We have to pay for our drinking water. Our wood comes to us at a price. Our pursuers are at our necks. We are worn out. There is no rest for us. We have submitted to Egypt and Assyria to get enough bread. Our fathers sinned and are no more. It is we who have borne their iniquities. Slaves rule over us. There is no one to deliver us from their hand. We get our bread at the risk of our lives. Because of the sword in the wilderness, our skin has become hot as an oven. Because of the burning heat of famine, they ravish the women in Zion, the virgins in the cities of Judah. Princes were hung by their hands. Elders were not respected. Young men worked at the grinding mill, and youths stumbled under loads of wood. Elders are gone from the gate, young men from their music. The joy of our hearts has ceased. Our dancing has been turned into mourning. The crown has fallen from our head. Woe to us, for we have sinned. Because of this, our heart is faint. Because of these things, our eyes are dim. Because of Mount Zion, which lies desolate, foxes prowl in it. You, O Lord, rule forever. Your throne is from generation to generation. Why do you forget us forever? Why do you forsake us so long? Restore us to you, O Lord, that we may be restored. Renew our days as of old unless you have utterly rejected us and are exceedingly angry with us. Heavenly Father, now bless the reading of your word. May the Holy Spirit be our teacher. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. He reads again, he says, 15, 515, The joy of our hearts has ceased. Our dancing has been turned into mourning. The crown has fallen from our head. Woe to us! For we have sinned. This is the language of the miserable. This is the language of those caught in their sins. This is the language of those who've chosen to do and to live their own way in rebellion toward God. This has been the story of Israel. Israel would not listen to the prophets. God sent them one after another, one after another. They, they killed them. They despised them. They rejected their message. When they said, thus says the Lord, they moved on. They collected around them their own false preachers and teachers to comfort them and tell them what they wanted to hear. They rejected the truth and the preaching of God's word and the warnings against sin. They rebelled against God. They lived in arrogance as the children of God, as Israel's promised ones, the promised children of Abraham. And now they find themselves completely destroyed and in captivity to the Gentiles. These words again remind us of the danger of sin in our life. Woe to us, 
for we have sinned. Woe to us because we have sinned. But to the sad, miserable, pained sinner, there is always the opportunity to call upon the eternal mercy and love of God. This is the way Lamentations ends. It is a celebration, it is a focus on hope and mercy in God. It is given to all of us lamentations. Lamentations, the word means crying, sadness. Lamentations. What is the answer to lamentations? Mercy from God. Mercy from God. So tonight I want you to see in these, I've picked for you five phrases to describe how a sinner repents and asks God for mercy. This might help you sometime. This is what it is to call for mercy. First of all, it's surrendering our pride and our arrogance. It's humbling ourselves before God and confessing, woe to us, we have sinned. We have sinned. And then saying, number one, Lord, remember us. That's in chapter 5, verse 1. Remember, O Lord, what has befallen us. Look and see our reproach. You see, this is a, this is a, a, a way in which um, Jeremiah has prayed before. I read it to you earlier when Jeremiah in chapter 1 says three times, See, O Lord, my affliction. This is Lamentations 1, 9. See, O Lord, my affliction. Then he says in Lamentations 1.11, See, O Lord, and look, for I am despised. In chapter 1, verse number 20, See, O Lord, for I am in distress. He's not praying as if he doesn't think God can see. He's appealing and begging God, Look my way. Look my way. Look at how I am. Look at my condition. And now he says, First, remember, O Lord, and second, look and see. Remember, O Lord, and look and see our reproach. So this word remember has to do with calling to memory. It is an important word for us. Excuse me for just a second. Here is the picture of what he's calling for God to do. He's call I wish my wife wasn't coughing. It's making me want to cough. <laughs> Pat, quit coughing, please. <coughs> when you live together this many years, what can I say? Remember. Call to memory. Psalm 25, 6. Remember, O Lord, your compassion and your loving kindness, for they have been from of old. You see, the Lord always remembers. He remembers to every generation. Remember me in your loving kindness. According to your loving kindness, remember me for your goodness sake, O Lord. Both of these come from Psalm 25. And then you have Psalm 79. Remember your forgiveness. Do not remember the iniquities of our forefathers against us. And then you have, I just gave you some examples here, Psalm 89, 47. 
remember what my span of life is. Remember what my span of life is. Lord, remember me. I don't live long upon the earth. You know, it seems like we're going to be here forever, doesn't it? Seems like life's going to go on forever. Seems like things always go on the same. I do remind you all what we talk about all the time. The reality is that we must, we must ask the Lord to teach us to number our days. Why is this important? Why am I taking the time here? Because we have to ask God to remember us in our condition. We need mercy every day. Blessed are the merciful. Well, how did the Lord say it? They shall obtain mercy. We must, we must, we must experience mercy every day. Here we have it, friends. This is our first request of prayer when we come to pray for mercy. Lord, remember us. Don't forget about us. You know, the sad thing is we forget God, but God never forgets us. The Lord remembers us. He remembers to be kind to us. He remembers that we are but, what does the scripture say? Grass. We are frail. We are but dust. He knows our frame. He made us in His image. Though we have sinned, He remembers us. Tonight, for somebody here in this room, this may be for you. God hasn't forgotten you. Even if you have forgotten God. God has not forgotten you, even if you have forgotten God. But when you want to come back to God, you say to Him, Remember, O Lord. Remember, O Lord. Look what's happened to me. Look and see the reproach that is upon us. Look, look our way. Turn your eyes toward us. Pay attention to our condition. Look at what we need. Look at... Look, look out for us in ways that we cannot look out for ourselves. This is, what we, this is what we pray. Remember, remember and look at us. Now this second phrase in verse 1 now expands to the next 14 verses. I've just given you some ways that I would describe these verses. We have no inheritance. Verse 2, our inheritance has been turned over to strangers our houses to aliens. Now, the children of Israel, their inheritance is gone. Jerusalem is conquered by enemies. They have no inheritance. They are fatherless. We have become orphans without a father. Our mothers are like widows. There is a separation now between themselves and God. They feel fatherless. We are debtors for daily needs. We have, we have to pay for our drinking water. Our wood comes to us at a price. No, no place to just go and get their daily needs. Now they're a debtor for daily needs. They're worn out from those who would pursue them and destroy them. Our pursuers, verse 5, are at our necks and we are worn out. There's no rest for us. When you live in sin, you're always tired. When you live in sin, you're always exhausted. When you live in sin, you're always stressed. When you live in sin, there's always distress. You just go faster. People will just go faster and faster. 
somehow thinking that going faster solves it. Here's, this is a condition he's describing. Jeremiah is describing in this prayer what it's like to live in sin and to describe what it feels like. We talked about this last week in chapter 4. What does it look like to live in sin? Well, that's what chapter 4 was about, and now he's praying and describing it. We have submitted to Egypt and Assyria to get enough bread. We're servants to the nations. We're slaves. None of these things were the promises God had made to Israel. But because Israel chose to live in disobedience to God, God gave them what they wanted. God gave them over to what they wanted. They're starving. They're, they're abused. They're full of sadness. They've lost their dignity. They've sinned. They're faint and they're weak. And they have no home. They have no home. Because of Mount Zion. These are sad words to hear from the children of Israel. After knowing all the history that most of us in this room know tonight of what happened for Jerusalem to be there, Mount Zion to be there, and David, and the promises to David and the covenants because of Mount Zion, which lies in desolation. Our hearts are faint, verse 17. Because of these things, our eyes are dim. And because of Mount Zion, which lies desolate, foxes prowl in it. Is that enough for us tonight? When you call upon God in mercy, you say, Lord, remember us. Then you say, Lord, look at us. It's hard to look at our own sin, but we must, and we've learned from lamentations, haven't we? We must confess our sin. We must be honest and face it and say it to God and speak to God. And we must watch our hearts carefully, my friends, because sin comes back. <clears throat> the old flesh is always there. Our hearts are deceitful as Jeremiah teaches us in Jeremiah 17, and desperately wicked. But now, now the prayer turns to the God who reigns. Now, the, now you see, prayer is, as we've been learning on Sunday mornings, coming to the throne of grace and saying to our Heavenly Father the things we've learned. You, O Lord, rule forever. He pauses to make these, these statements. <clears throat> Many things changed in the life of Israel, but one thing did not. The sovereignty and reign of God. You, O Lord, rule forever. Your throne is from generation to generation. The word rule is an interesting word in Hebrew. <coughs> Excuse me. It means to sit, to sit. It's the word for enthronement. It's the word that has to do with the king seated. When the king seated on the, on the throne, it is an act of, of sovereign authority. You, O Lord, sit in sovereign authority. Now this is it for today, for this very day on which we live. 2023, here we are in March. Think of this. You, O Lord, rule forever. This is what we say. Jeremiah said it in his day. Now we say it in our day. And we speak to the Lord Jesus Christ. You, O Lord, 
sit in sovereign authority. You, O Lord, sit in sovereign power. You, O Lord, sit in sovereignty eternally. You, O Lord, sit in sovereign control. You, O Lord, sit in sovereignty to all generations. What will it be for our children and grandchildren when you think of the most, have the most terrible thoughts of wondering what their life will be like? Ah, that wait a minute, as long as there is earth and as long as we wait the return of Christ, you, O Lord, rule forever. The king sit. Let me read it to you here. Hebrews 1.13, sit at my right hand. God the Father says to God the Son, this is the mystery. This is the mystery of God as Father, Son, and Spirit. Sit at my right hand until I make all of your enemies a footstool for your feet. Sit, and then he will return in his coming. Hebrews 1.3, and he is, that is the Lord Jesus Christ, is the radiance of God's glory and he is the exact representation of God's nature. The exact representation of God. Who is Jesus Christ? If you have seen Jesus Christ, you have seen God, the unseen God. This is what the Lord Jesus said. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. This is the, these are the words of our Lord. So we glorify and honor the Lord Jesus Christ. He is God in flesh. He is the radiance of His glory, the exact representation of His nature. And He upholds all things by the word of his power. That's what the Lord Jesus does. When he made purification of sins, he sat down. He ascended to heaven and he sat down. Your throne, O God. What mysterious words. Your throne, O God. God the Father says to God the Son. Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. And the righteous scepter is the scepter of his kingdom. This is the one we honor and glorify. The Lord Jesus Christ. The one who reigns today. Listen, friends, the world looks like it's coming apart. The world looks like it's coming apart. We say, you, O Lord, rule forever. Your throne is from generation to to generation. As long as there is day, as long as there is life, you reign. And then he says, Lord, restore us. We read now, you, I'm reading Lamentations 5:19. You, O Lord, rule forever. Your throne is from generation to generation. Why do you forget us forever? Why do you forsake us so long? See, it's, the, it's an appeal for mercy. Will you forget us forever? Will you forsake us forever? Notice he again asks it the very last, the very last statement in Lamentations is, unless you have utterly rejected us and are exceedingly angry with us. This is the fear of those in misery, that God will not show them mercy. But here's what the Word of God says, for by grace are you saved. For by grace, God's grace does not utterly forsake any who will call upon Him. God's grace, He will not forsake you if you will call upon Him. He will be there for you. Notice now, restore. Do what you've done. Renew. Make us new. That's what those two words mean. Do it again. Restore. Do it again. So what does He say? Restore us 
to you. Notice he doesn't say restore Jerusalem. He doesn't say restore all of our riches. <coughs> Excuse me. He says, doesn't say restore our inheritance. He says restore us to you. My friend tonight, all of you listening to me, do you have a personal relationship with God? Have you come back to Him and submitted yourself and drawn near to Him and said, Oh Lord, I want to know You. I want to walk with You. I want to love You. Restore us to You, O Lord. Notice that we may be restored. Until I am restored and made right with God, there is no restoration with God. God is the God who restores through Jesus Christ. I just gave you some thoughts here. You know these verses. What does Psalm 51, what did David say? That great psalm of confession. Restore to me the joy of, my, of your salvation. Restore. Restore it. For some of us here, when we sin, we need the Lord to restore to us joy for our sadness. Psalm 80, verse 3, O God, restore us and cause your face to shine on us and we will be saved. Jeremiah 15, thus says the Lord, if you return, then I will restore you. This is God's promise for all of us. If I will return to God, He will... Oh, somebody says, Pastor Mike, it can never be the same for me. I've sinned greatly. I have a friend who was a pastor who um, committed some great sin in his life. And when we would visit about it, he would say, I'm never going to be able to serve God again like I have in the past. But the Lord says... If you return, then I will restore you. If, if you will return, then I will restore you. This is what we must do. We must encourage our friends who believe that they've gone beyond. They've, people still believe they've sinned beyond the grace of God. What a terrible thing. You cannot sin beyond the grace of God. There's always the opportunity for mercy. While someone is alive, they can confess their sin. Ephesians 4.23, what is Paul's prayer for the church at Ephesus? It's the prayer we have for our church, what we pray for one another, to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Look, for some of us tonight, we need this renewal in our mind. Your mind is taking you to places you don't need to go. You keep, over, you keep playing over and over in your mind things from your past that will never be able to be changed. Colossians 3.10, you have put on the new self. When you're saved, you put on the new you and you're being renewed. Notice this is a present tense. You're being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created you. I appeal to all of you tonight. Mercy, mercy from God, a call for mercy is a call to be restored and renewed. To be restored. Some of you in this room, you've been involved in what well, I think about Roy sitting here. He restores tractors of all things. Here's a man who can restore tractors. And he does a good job at it. Restoring cars, restoring tractors. Some in our church <clears throat> restore old houses. Restoring something and renewing something. That's what we need. That's what mercy brings. So what do we remember tonight, my friends? Well, grace and mercy come to those who ask God for it. 
That's it. I mean, grace and mercy come to those who ask God for it. What can I ask only one time? No, you keep asking. Because we keep needing it. Grace upon grace. Isn't that the way we read it? Grace upon grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. Because even as a believer, though he has forgiven me of my sin in Christ Jesus, I still, what do we learn from our disciples' prayer, the Lord's prayer? Forgive us our debts as we are also forgiving our debtors. Then we come to this great truth. God's mercy comes through a new relationship, a new agreement with God. Here Jeremiah is privileged to speak of the new covenant, the new agreement that now exists between God and man through the death of Jesus Christ. He made, he confirmed a new agreement between God. The death of Jesus Christ confirmed and now has put in place this new agreement. How did Jeremiah say it? Jeremiah 31. But this is the covenant which I will make with the house of Israel after those days, <clears throat> declares the Lord. I will put my law within them and on their heart I will write, I will write it, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. They will not teach again each man his neighbor and each man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least to the greatest of them, declares the Lord. I will forgive their iniquity and their sin. I will remember no more. Is that good news to anybody in here? That's the new agreement. That's the new agreement. And we have it because of a relationship with Jesus Christ. So I close our study of Lamentations. I know some of you thought we'd never get there. I know some of you thought we'd be in Lamentations and sadness forever. We'd never come out of it. We'd never make it through. And some of you have been so faithful to stay alongside and walk with me and sit with me and we've all learned so many very important things from Lamentations. Tonight we end by saying, Restore us to you, O Lord, that we may be restored. Renew our days as of old. To the praise of the glory of His grace, the Lord is near to the door. What do we say? Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for my friends, my brothers and sisters who are here tonight. How I pray for them, your great blessings of mercy and grace, how we need them, Lord, how I need them every day in my life. Every day, thank you for showing mercy to me. Thank you, Lord, for being gracious to me, my failures, my faults, my sin. Lord, thank you for showing mercy to us as a church. Thank you for having mercy on our families and our children. Your reign comes upon the just and the unjust. You show mercy to the wicked, godless sinner, and they don't even know it. The haters of God, you show mercy to them. You let them live. You still give them an opportunity to repent. I pray that you might help us to celebrate and praise you and glorify you for your greatness and your mercy to us in the Lord Jesus Christ. How we love you tonight and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great week. Bill's clapping. Okay, we've done enough, haven't we, Bill? Amen. God bless you. Say hello to somebody on your way out. And uh, take your sinus medicine. Trust me.
You're going to need it. If you haven't noticed, there's some trees blooming outside. It's a fake out. It's going to get like...